0: Welcome to Holding the Fort Abroad, the podcast for expats with traveling partners. My name is Rhoda Bangata. I'm a certified coach and the author of the book, Holding the Fort Abroad. In this podcast, I interview men and women who live abroad and have traveling partners so that we can all benefit from their wisdom and experience. I also invite experts to apply their expertise to this topic. Today, my guest is Karina Lagarig. Karina is an adult third culture kid, a psychologist, a sex therapist, and a mother. She helps expatriated, cross-cultural, and frequent traveling couples and families to thrive. We will talk first about her research that she's doing on becoming mothers abroad, and then she's going to give us her insights into frequent business travel when you're a mom. This is a topic that I haven't yet addressed, and it's a topic that comes up a lot in questions when I do talks on frequent travel. So, Karina, welcome. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Rhoda, for
1: inviting me. And it's an honor to me to have the opportunity to discuss such an important topic, I must say, with you, my friend. Thank because you. I think we can together help those moms really kind of walk away from all this very difficult situation that motherhood put you in, especially when you're a business-troubling mom.
0: Yes, I think you have the the part of being a mom of working which is already sometimes you know you're torn between two, th- two things very important parts of your life and then you're when you add frequent business travel onto it and distance how do you do that how do you live it we're going to go talk about some developmental stages as well and um, talking about also how society views it sometimes the criticism that we live by with and so I'm really really excited to hear your wisdom but also because and you're you know, your professional insights um, into this. So, but you also know what it's like, right? To to live abroad, to grow up abroad, and also to become a mother abroad in different countries and um, have all these different layers about. Tell me a little bit more about who you are and then what your research is, because that's a very important topic. And I'm hoping that listeners can go and register to become part of, to add their voice, right, to, to this research.
1: Thank you so much for this opportunity too, Rhoda. Because indeed, so I am looking for more volunteers. So it is a thesis that is pioneer. So I'm trying to understand how different traits of our personality and also kind of different and unver- the environmental conditions that they live in. We kind of shape the way moms will cope not only with adjusting to a new country, because I am looking into, as you well said, uh, becoming a mother in an expatriated context, but also to becoming a mother per se. Because this beautiful word that is called matrescence is that transition that the woman will go through when becoming a mother is something that is completely invisible to the expatriated world, let alone in business. Like there is no acknowledgement of what it is for a woman to become a mother. And that's why I was so glad that you invited me to address those precise challenges that come together with being a mom that go beyond the fact of having a lack of sleep and having to give an important speech like this is kind of physiological thing but what what about this emotional Thing, right that is also happening in that mom and that has to do with much more than only having given birth but all this bond that you're creating this responsibility this new neurological connection that you're building up and that are completely new to you and where you might be an expert in your job you're just a very new arrival in what it is to become a mom yeah. so I am trying to kind to Understand what are those coping strategies, what are those different personality traits that may modulate and may help different kind of of moms to adjust to becoming a mom in an expatriated context and uh, somehow help them to thrive by providing scientific evidence about what is actually that will help them to do a better job in both professionally and personally as as mums okay
0: so you're looking for mums who have moved and become a mum in that new country and you're also looking for mums who have never moved and who have become mums and you're going to look at both you so you ask a series of questions of what it's what it was like for us right and then you're looking at how okay what does being abroad have as an effect what does personality so potentially a mum that was abroad and a mum that wasn't, if they have similar personalities, exactly. The abro- the abroad factor might not have had the same effect or something. Is that is that it's it's complex, yeah, but there? I'm getting I'm it getting is. it, I think. It is. <laughs> I know I know your, your listeners cannot see my wall, but
1: you can. Yeah. So you can see it is a complex thesis that has many different variables that we're trying to, to understand. And one of them is precisely sensory processing sensitivity, mm-hmm. which is one of those personality traits that we would like to see when you have that neurological condition that is just making you much more sensitive and aware of all this stimuli. How would that be? In a context that you and I know, it's very stimulating, yes. both expatriation and mother right so what will you put, what will, what happens when you put them together yes. right what happens then how how do you cope with things how much that your past experiences and eventually your already well developed coping strategies mm. are going to help you mm. to deal with that right mm. be- depending on your culture depending on your background depending on your upbringing mm. and all those things that you learned it might be more powerful than actually your sensitivity and if you know how to navigate situations of stress Maybe your sensitivity is not going to have a big impact, or
0: maybe yes. Mm. So that's
1: one of my research questions.
0: And like you said, it's something that hasn't really been looked at in the expat world, let's say. I don't know if in the, I know migrant and expat, sometimes, you know, we, we people make the differentiation, you know, expat, it's, you know, it's the business people who are moving, it's you're moving for work because your work moves you let's put it that way and then migration is you're moving um it's slightly maybe people use that those terms differently but it, it's not looked at it's not looked no. at how do you become a mother in a, in a country that is not your own and I know for me personally it was an earthquake but I'll put the link of your research. People can go in and have a look at it and, and um, see if they want to participate. That would be yeah. really, really wonderful. I know a lot of the listeners have become moms um, in another country. <laughs> so And they will see that... In the
1: definition at the beginning of of the question is like it is specifically asked. So if you are an expert mom, all these different conditions of expatriation, I have considered them. So I don't want anybody to feel excluded here because it's true that we do come with a different context mm-hmm. when we're coming from different reasons for expatriation mm-hmm. but that's that's something that i will sub-analyze okay. in different groups and then find similarities and differences there too okay. so i don't want anybody to feel excluded like your motherhood it's something that i want to understand and i want to help to feel better mm-hmm. so please jump along if you're listening to this podcast and then uh precisely what you were saying before i also need a control group that's what we call in research right we need those moms that haven't uh being expatriated and we want to still see what are those differences in their personality and their environment right that may help them or not in that transition into motherhood so you're going to find those two links i will share them with you rhoda super and uh they can join in the one that suits their reality
0: super and i look forward to hearing maybe you can come back again when you get the results because i'm really looking forward to hearing what you find out so we move on to motherhood when you're traveling yeah, you know, I suppose it's one thing when you're traveling, no kids, you're trying to maintain a relationship, you're both maybe traveling or working, it's one thing. Then kids come along. What do you do? I know that some moms have told me, you know, do I continue traveling? My kid's six months old. I'm I'm, you know, he has separation, there's separation anxiety, or this, how do I leave? Am I gonna wreck something, so, um, I mean, I think there's a difference also between leaving two weeks and then coming back or leaving like two weeks every month or something. So what would you say to that, Karina, as we jump right into the topic? The first thing, Rhoda,
1: is that there is no right or wrong answer. Every reality is different, and I really don't want any of those moms that sometimes don't even have the choice. To feel that we're here to judge their behavior, to judge their choices, there is kind of that will to do the best that we want in every single mom. Mm-hmm. And I really want to highlight that that what we do sometimes is because of a lack of awareness, of a lack of knowledge, and sometimes is a lack of possibilities too. Mm-hmm. And we really want those moms to to feel understood because. There are some situations where we can try to adjust a little bit better, where we can try to kind of modulate going back to work a little bit. But there are some of them that are not possible. And uh, there is nothing wrong there. What I wish to be able to cover with you today is all those strategies that are going to help them to work on these uh, possible consequences, because I don't want to say that they have to be there, but they are possible if you don't kind of pay attention to some of those basic needs that any human being, because it's not something that is exclusive to children, it's something that it is there with children because they are human Mm -hmm. beings, right, are essential for their Mm well-being. So we can try to give them those tools for them to do a little bit uh, different, some aspects if they can, as much as they can. And then there is another big kind of work to do individually that the life we choose comes with the consequences attached to it. And although we can improve some of those areas with some of the tools that we will, we will address today, there are some others that come together with that life choice. and. It is okay as long as we are confident with the choices we have made and we are settled in in, in what we want to do with our life and we feel good because there is something that there is no doubt and there are millions nowadays of research evidence that say it is that if you are at your best, if you are feeling well, if you have no doubts. If when you're present, you're fully present. If when you are at work, you're feeling okay, you're not burning out, you are enjoying life. This is the best example you can ever give to your children. So there is a part that is still tricky nowadays and is the lifestyle that comes together with frequent traveling is not caring enough for the traveler mm-hmm. so this is one of the main issues it's not the traveling per se is that the person traveling is not taking care about so when we were talking about that matrescence the mom that may be six week postpartum as you were presenting uh, before may not be ready to go back to work but not because of her attachment to her child or anything to do with that, but maybe because she is maybe not figured out how she wants to be a mom yet. Like she's doing well there, but she doesn't know whether she wants to travel or not. And she's not given the time to settle and make those decisions soundly and feel how everything moves. She has to just jump in and keep going. So there are some conditions in these very fast lives that we're all in that are having necessarily an impact in our infants but that's why I wanted to take that away from mums it's not you Mm -hmm. it's the system you're in Mm -hmm. and gaining awareness of where you are and then making that decision of is it where I want to be that's the first
0: question Mm
1: -hmm. and as from there start applying some of the tools that we're going to share today.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point that that moms, rather than feeling guilty straight away, can sort of say, wait, hang on, I'm rushed into this decision. If I don't have a choice because, well, this is what the job is demanding from me, and I didn't realize that this was going to be a, an element, then I can go back. But I, But one of the priorities is to figure out, okay, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Get to a, a, situa- a situation where I'm at peace with it or not, but then not staying in that situation where you're constantly frustrated or you feel like you've been rushed and you didn't make the decision, but then you're staying in that. Exactly. Denying your own intuition, denying mm. what is
1: happening inside. That's what actually is going to harm you. And will have a consequences in your environment. Mm. Because then is where maybe, for instance, and if some of the listeners have had these episodes, don't blame yourself. It's okay. Yeah. But it might be one of the reasons behind those comments that you don't realize how hard it was for me and how I didn't want to go either, but I had no choice. Those comments come out of that, denying your own intuition and your own needs, mm. and it's harmful for the child that may have felt your absence, and then is like, "There, come on, I didn't send you off, mom. Yeah, it's like, you made your decision." So that's when the whole thing starts. Is like being truthful to who you are, and this is super difficult, Rhoda because so many times we end up doing jobs. And I had that conversation with the lonely diplomat, for instance, that. So many times we end up doing those jobs due to some invisible loyalties. So all these invisible patterns that we carry along from family traditions, there are many invisible reasons that will make you do something that is not aligned with who you are, that Taking the time to review that was would probably be sound to do, actually, mm. Rhoda,
0: before becoming a mom, because there you know where you're starting from. Well, that's very true. And uh, but for those who are living it now or who have lived in the past and still feel the sting, I think taking the time to say, OK, I'm going to just process that, give myself the time to process it so it's not hanging around my neck going into the future, no matter how old the kids are probably, that then you come to some sort of either grieving what what you missed out on or coming to peace with the decision that you took and then saying, okay, from now on, there are tools I can use and and to make sure that it aligns with who I am. Sometimes it's our choice. We're like, well, why can't I have both? Why can't I have this lifestyle that I love, this job that I love? Because, hey, men often can. And then, oh, I threw that in. Ooh, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, oh, but but I, I think it's, it's a realist. It's like, well, well, I love this job. I love the traveling. I want to do it. It's my choice. Can I have both? Can I have the parenthood and the um, job? And let's just put to one side the thing about men and the differences between men and women for one minute, because that's, yeah, I'd like to address this question first. Precisely. I think
1: there is then a whole historical and cultural chat to have right. here around these differences between men and women, right? And and of course the biological part that there's still evident in in between, right? But it is true that uh, I have that amazing colleague of mine, Alena Gomez, that uh, she works right around that mental fitness and and that wants to help those women to do it all and and to have it all. And uh, that's where one of, of, of my research questions come from, right? It's like, can we all do it all? Is it something that uh, every human being is equipped to do? Like, are there individual differences that may not allow us to do it all? And it's okay, too. Like, uh, I work with highly sensitive people, especially, right? And and those that are uh, highly sensitive to their environment and to all these stimuli uh, find it very difficult to do it all. And... Although those mental fitness exercises Alina Gomez share are very powerful and help you to come back to your body, and I think are essential to any human being. Like if you master your mind, if you really know how to get out of those loops that are using infinite amount of energy, you could be using for something else. You're definitely going to be much more efficient, and that's a truth. And I have no doubt there. But at the same time, the amount of uh, activities and stimuli and kind of deprocessing that each person can take is different. And we live still in the society that is built around this factory uh, buildup, right? Everybody the same thing, everybody the same input, everybody the same activities in the same schedule, in the same timing, where we are not the same. We are just not the same. Each of us is different. Each of us had a different package that they brought into that school of business. Uh, They came in with different stories. They came in with different abilities, with different personality traits. And although the content could be the same, the way first the person is going to assimilate it is different. And the way the person can process a better outcome is different too. And that's why we're having so many burnouts. Is because we are still believing that everybody can do the same thing the same way. And the evidence is no, is we can't. We really have to try to understand that there are individual differences that are going to make a huge impact in the outcome. So understanding that it is different for each of us and it this is is something that goes beyond gender because there are those wonderful dads that are there holding the fort abroad too and you know that Rhoda. absolutely and some yeah. of the uh, these other dads that are incapable of that and that even if their wives are the traveling wife and they are at home they look at the duty saying oh gosh how do I do that where do I start with and It has nothing to do with being a better or a worse dad. It has to do with so many other complex reasons. And the first thing we wanted to take away from here is the guilt, Rhoda. There is is no guilt to feel. There is just a genuine curiosity that should be activated in understanding who we are individual
0: mm, that's a very good point and also each child will react differently to the travel to the absence but I had I I, I I talked about the the dads who travel because it, it would seem like dads can more easily travel and have their position in the in the family whereas for a mum, is it more difficult or there more expectations for that when the mom travels now this is maybe society looking in and saying well the dad can go as many times as he wants but the mom she can't go you know for four weeks away because oh my word it's catastrophic but the dad can be gone for six weeks and it's absolutely fine why would they miss him right but you're like wait that doesn't make sense but it, but from the outside it looks like the dads have much more flexibility to say, oh, OK, I'm off and then I'll come back. And then we moms we're like, we're, we're organizing all the activities, plus parent moms are traveling and working full time and doing this and doing that. I'm not saying all of them, but it seems like there's a bigger load sometimes on the mom. Yeah,
1: yeah. But that's that's as you were mentioning, it's it's a consequence of a very long lasting society system that we're still we are still holding, we must say it. We're still holding it, that we're still allowing it. And and I love to have these conversations with people like you that are seeing that hey, it's happening, but should it be happening actually? Mm. Or can't we actually start to move away from that uh, normalization of certain Mm -hmm. aspects that are definitely not something natural that are something that we have imposed on the women Mm -hmm. and we we have to be honest here we are different biologically and there are some things that that can not do and this is a truth and Mm -hmm. this is there but precisely because of those differences that have to do with biological uh differences the society should be also much more aware of what it is That process of matrescence. what does it take in for the women before launching them into, okay, you wanted that man position, then go and act as one. Well, maybe I can't because I'm breastfeeding and I cannot be breastfeeding my child while holding a very important meeting with the board of directors. Mm. Like maybe we need to adjust either the environment where this uh, meeting is going to be, the timing where it's going to be. Maybe we can take into consideration that somebody else during a period of time can take that part of, of my duties away. So there is that need of, Walking away from uh, dividing the society into male and women, because Mm -hmm. I find that very sad. Mm -hmm. Like polyracing is is always something sad because it just tears you apart instead of Mm -hmm. summing your Mm -hmm. your strength, right? Mm -hmm. But there is also that need to understand that we, despite the fact that we are different, we can still help each other. Mm-hmm. We can help each other so much. I've mm-hmm. I, I heard sometimes dad saying, "But well, what can I do when she's breastfeeding? And I was like, mm-hmm. oh gosh, do you want me to start a list yeah. of things that you can do when <laughs> <But laughs> she's breastfeeding? It's like, wait a second, I'll just yeah. start the list. But yes. nobody teaches them either. And we have to be aware of that. Yes. Like yes. nobody helps them to understand what it is like. Nobody yes. uh, even showed them how to do that yeah. like yeah something I, I had a, a beautiful post the other the other day I can't remember his name but a psychologist share those beautiful posts saying hey we are the first generation that is doing things in a way that nobody has shown us how to do it hmm. and when you are the first generation breaking patterns breaking ways of doing things it's double hard because yeah. you had no training You're just learning by doing. Mm. So, of course, we're going to do things wrong. Of course, they're going to things that need some improvement. But it's already very brave to try to do things differently.
0: Yeah, and it seems like there's the the two aspects, isn't there? There's the mom who's just become a mom and who might say, listen, I need an adapted environment because there are some realities. Um, And there's also acknowledging that, okay, we're talking about heterosexual couples here, that for the dad, their role is important. Very. When they're traveling, when they're gone, if they're the ones that are traveling, there are things that I cannot provide my my sons that he does. Absolutely. Especially now they're older. I think he's showing them how to become a man. What a man looks exactly. like. Exactly. How he you know is is modeling. So um, I think there's there's the two parts. They're saying yes. When a woman becomes a mother, then there are adjustments to be made that are a reality and there's also the fact that when if the mum goes she also needs to put things in place that are going to be important for the relationship but it's also important when the dad travels not just saying hey the dad gets get off scot-free you know it's important for both parents whether it's the mum or the dad exactly it takes two to make a child
1: it takes two to Mm. make a child and hear me out not only to make it like physically to Mm-hmm. to raise them to, like, yes. it's from, and from the think, beginning to, this, to yes. the end.
0: Yeah, and there's a great book. Uh, there's actually two books uh, by Meg Mika. Have you come across her? No. She's a paediatrician, um, and she writes it from a Christian, well, she, she has a little bit of Christian viewpoint in there, but a lot of it is 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 not, you know, it's, it's relevant whether you're a Christian or not. Um, but she's a paediatrician, and it's um, Strong Mothers, Strong Sons, and strong fathers, strong daughters, and um, she talks about those the relationship. And she talks also about um, being a single mom and how you bring in male role models if you're a single mom to a son. And she she's got some amazing advice in in there, especially relating with teenage sons and um, some of the important things like not interrupting them, like they're gonna they're going to try and break loose. So you've got to let them go. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> because the more you try and hold them in, the more, you know, they're going to try and, and move. So you're going to be the main target. Like you have a target on your back. So anyway, she has a very interesting point there. Yeah. So I wanted to say that about the single moms out there. That... Yeah. Just to add. Yeah.
1: The single moms may need a role model for their male son, but also for their daughters app. Huh? because we we often have that kind of again that uh first idea that uh moms will kind of uh need to be that role model to our daughters to then become wives and and uh, me- uh, fathers will be that role model for our their sons to then become men but the truth is that when there is a lack also in 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 the family that are is is not acting so not necessarily it doesn't have to be uh a man and a woman, it can also be two, two women or two men, but there is that relationship model that needs to be learned too. Like how do you behave with another person? How do you entangle all these activities that you have to do, responsibilities, mental load? Because even in, in a couple between two women, you can see that there is often somebody that will take that mental load. It is about understanding when you are a single mom, all this mental load is on you. So if you are a daughter and have no no father you may also kind of have that kind of example that all the mental load is going to be on you but just because you don't have a person that is sharing life with your mom and that is showing you how to take that mental load so finding a person that can teach them to share that mental load how to relate to each other that will help that single mom to share responsibilities to show how this is a team job and team in the larger word the better like it really takes a village it's something that is important.
0: Too. Oh, that's important. So, for a single mom to find that team exactly. around her, so she's showing, or a single dad, she's modeling to her children that hey, I'm I'm not just struggling on on my own. I have it as a team. We help. I'm asking for help. I'm creating exactly. some sort of support system around me so that this makes it work. That's so important. Yeah. Exactly. It goes
1: beyond the role model as a man or as a woman to, to raise a strong woman or to, it goes raising a person, Yeah, raising yeah. a yeah. person. Yeah. It yeah. takes much more than just your gender role. It goes so much beyond. And, yeah. and one of them that we, I have the feeling, Rhoda, we are we are missing with all this individualistic uh, upbringing that oh, we are kind of submerging into is that community feeling that yeah. you you're not meant to do that alone. Mm. Not even when you are abroad as an expert mom, you should never do that alone.
0: Yeah, that's the one of the biggest things that that I miss, and I think a lot of people miss by by moving abroad is then you you like you have to re you really have to recreate that. And um, but you don't always have the opportunity or people, you know, it takes a while to build sometimes relationships. So um but that that's that's a, that's another topic, but it, it <laughs> it's it's a very interesting one, very interesting one because I yeah. Um so what are the essentials for a traveling mom? Uh what does that child need from her? How can she feel like that? That child feels loved, that she's doing the right things because we all like doing the right things and being perfect. <laughs> no, sorry, there is no perfection. But I think you know how can how can she know that? Okay, she's doing her best, and that she can that there can be travel and motherhood. So actually, you brought
1: a, a word, and I was thinking about our podcast today. I thought this is a word that has to come up because it's there so often: perfection. Like we all seek for perfection. And if I have something to say with that word is the most perfect motherhood comes with the recognition of imperfections. Mm. That's where it lays. Like when you give your child the opportunity of seeing your cracks, of seeing your learning. of seeing your doubts you're raising a much stronger person because that person is feeling allowed to also share hey I'm cracking here hey I'm lacking here hey I'm needing that or needing these where if you are uh, bringing a child with that conception that I am doing everything well I am magnificent in everything I do and everything I do is what I am sure 100% you need you're not leaving room for that to happen for them to actually openly communicate with you what is happening for them because you said that before Rhoda it's going to be individually for each mom to decide and manage and discover their own way of mothering but it's also going to be for each child to receive that way of mothering to be able to express what it is like for them mm. like for one of them you're traveling could be fun because it's more time with dad. like when you're away dad is fully present and he's much more engaged and actually it's okay if your child has at least one secure person in their life you are ensuring their emotional stability a great deal yeah so We have to walk away from moms are essentials. If moms are not there, it's the end of the world. No, we need to ensure that our children have that emotional stability. And if we can have someone that is there, that is a caregiver. Exactly. So mom or dad, it's going to make a a great difference. So making sure that this is there is already great. Then, of course, Mm -hmm. we cannot give up our role as moms or dads to a caregiver just like that like okay so I am not there so Mm -hmm. now the nanny is going to take over because the nanny is still going to be the nanny and there is something as we were saying that is inner to the child and that's they were created out of two people and those two people made them for a reason yeah ideally out of love Mm -hmm. out of the intention of creating mm-hmm. that new person so they're going to have to need uh, they're going to need sorry to feel that they are loved and that they are wanted and that they 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 perceive an interest from those parents too like it's not going to be sufficient mm. like I always explain to my patient that the stability comes in a glass and the bottom of the glass so emotional stability the the, the bottom of the glass is mom and dad Like we are at the base of our children's stability and then everybody else comes here. Now, the emptier our glass is, the emptier we feel ourselves. And that's the truth we can't deny. Right. But how you create that stability with your child can be very different. And you may be living with your child on the same roof and not being doing anything for your child to feel supported, for your child to be understood. You may be having that attitude that we were saying before, I'm doing everything uh, you need. I'm at home on a daily basis, I may be on my phone, and not giving a shit of what you have done in school and what you're interested or what has happened with your boyfriend. Or emotionally absent. Exactly, exactly. So it is not about being there physically that is most important. It's about giving them room to feel safe, with you to find a person that they can relate to and no matter where you are how you are that they know that they can reach out to you if they are in need and that you will respond because that's what every baby start doing they cry and they test if I cry do you come oh you do yeah. oh, okay that's good that's why they do it again right oh then when I do yeah. do you come okay so if something hurts if something feels weird if I feel scared yeah I cry and you come and this is something that we tend to forget that it's not because the baby stops crying and start talking that we shouldn't be addressing it with the same intensity and intentionality if a child says something listen to it listen to Mm. what that child is saying it might Mm. be saying something that is difficult to hear but It is something that you need to hear. And that's what we're saying before. Your traveling may not be the problem. The problem may be that when you're home, you're exhausted. What's Mm -hmm. the key for that? Self-care. We're saying it before. Mm -hmm. What you don't want is to be absent. And this is key. Like when traveling, make sure that you rest sufficiently for those moments where you are with your child or for those moments where your child will reach out to you. You can be fully available for them.
0: Yeah, that's tough, especially with the lives that we lead. Even I see, like, I'm home, but I'm if I'm working, I'm doing this, and then I'm like, oh, my kids are getting the dregs, the end bit of my energy, and it's not really fair, is it? Uh, so I'm addressing that. That's a very good point. So how does a mom do it, like, with a, if, for example, I'm a traveling mom, and I have a child that's not talking yet. So how do I ensure that, Because I can't come when they cry. So how do I ensure that they feel that, um, let's say, the magic work attachment? Mm -hmm. And then once the child starts talking, say, between the ages of, say, two and four, how do I do that when I'm away? And then I would say five onwards, I would say, then you're working on a relationship where, you know, it can maybe be a little bit more like... um, i'm listening to you and i'm building that relationship but how do you build that relationship when the child is not walking yet and is not really like and and you can't do it through touch or through being present i would i would go even even a
1: little bit before two years old, so there are developmental stages in human, right? Where uh, depending on the moment where you get separated from your mom, right, it's going to make a difference in how the child experiences it. So if if you are separated from your mom before the the the, the months six eight, because there is always a gap, there are those early developers and the late developers. So between between six and eight months okay the those that are quicker will, will will start
0: at the age of six so zero months to eight months let's yes say.
1: but so it depends some of them could start before they can start six okay. months
0: so if okay. you are
1: if you are separated before let's say six to eight months okay you are in that uh moment actually most babies are open to attach to anyone like that's why they say adoption work much better with the youngest the baby is and it has to do with that developmental so if you take them the younger they are in that openness even though genetically they are attached to, to those uh, um, mom and dad they are emotionally open to attach to anyone that will respond to their needs that will respond to their and, and care for them so If you get them separated, and that's why probably kindergarten chose like the earlier you put them in kindergarten, the better if you are going to get them a lot in kindergarten. But the truth is that if you get them into that environment where they may not be careful, imagine a huge kindergarten, 25 kids for one caregiver, what they're going to get is the opposite of what we were saying. It's like, I'm going to cry, but nobody's going to answer and not only I am crying, but I'm feeling there are other babies crying around me and nobody's mm. coming either.
0: So insecurity. But is it okay if they get one caregiver who keeps coming? That's okay. It will help. So if I'm a traveling mom and I travel before this, that my child is six months or eight months, and but I have one primary caregiver who's there.
1: And he's taking care come, of the
0: baby. That will
1: help your baby
0: a lot. That's okay. It's going to help him a lot. Right. But they'll attach to them, not to me. They will
1: attach to you too because as i said they have a stronger bond to anyone in the world
0: okay it's much biological much
1: stronger it's it's seen that we have studies that say like the biology that's why that's why children that are adopted are so much in the need to find their origin there is something that is stronger they can have had the most beautiful and loving adopting parents there is something missing and it has to do with that Mm. so first of all not having that internal fight for a position, you're always going to be the most important. But for you to be at your best in that most important position for them, you need to take care of yourself. And that's what we were saying before, Mm -hmm. right? Be at your best every time you're with them so that you can actually give what they need instead of trying to delegate that to somebody else, even when you're there, which would create a problem there. But if you create that Bond with someone, as we were saying before, that child will have someone that feels that security and that person will be your ally to then communicate with you, right? So the older the child gets, so there is that gap between six and eight months. That is the first period, all right, is that when when babies normally start moving, okay? So it's, it's a moment where the baby has a lot of development in their brain. They start moving a lot, eating, like they start a lot of things. And then there is another one at 18. So, if you go before six and eight, okay, you're gonna find that person that is gonna initiate them in everything, and mm-hmm. that's it's gonna be one period when it's mm-hmm. gonna be easier for the baby. Mm-hmm. If you go then before the eighteen months where there is more or less between between twelve and eighteen again the early is gonna go before that fourteen fifteen the other one is gonna go gonna go up to eighteen months. there is where normally vocabulary appears when they mm-hmm. start saying, "Mom." Mm-hmm. when they start saying mom and and at that moment it's going to be tougher for them is if that's the moment where you again move away so mm-hmm. make sure that if this is the moment where you're going to be moving away then you intentionally make room to be there for their development so that you're going to make video calls where you're going to talk to them where you're going to listen to them where you're going to participate in that evolution so that that stage doesn't break and stays in the hands of somebody else but then you can be there
0: okay so like even if you're live if even if you're in another country for example for a couple of weeks that you're what that you you maybe recording yourself reading to them or you're, so you're somehow you're helping them develop their language
1: and, and to be present in their development. So with your voice, with your approval also. So when the baby says, mama, mama, you say, yes, sweetie. You say, mama, mama is ah. here. So that you can
0: reinforce their learning. Okay would it be helpful like even earlier would it be helpful to like leave a, a clothing or like so the smell definitely. is associated yeah definitely okay. definitely okay. so that's that's much more in in the emotional
1: support so always always mm. always always if you can leave a cloth that smells like you for young babies mm haircut uh that's going to help them with security too so
0: how so say for example i'm a traveling mom and i haven't traveled for say a year if i've been lucky i've had maternity leave and say it comes up to 10 11 months and i'm saying okay it's oh it's time to travel i need to travel first trip away what can i do first trip away first work on your guilt and
1: your own anxiety because mm. you're going to be the one that is going to in that
0: again Yeah, it's hard enough putting them the first day in kindergarten or the first day in... It's terrible, but hey, hear (laughs) me out. It's It's like I'm the one crying. It's hard at any time.
1: Like You put them in at four, at six, at two. It's it's always going to be hard because it's your baby. But that's why your mental condition is going to be your stronger ally. Like the Mm. more convinced you are about why you join that Mm. and the Mm. more at peace you feel with your decision Mm, the easier mm. it's going to be for you and as we were saying Mm. your baby is attached to you more than to anyone in the world so if you're feeling Mm. anxious the baby is going to feel anxious too like why is mommy feeling anxious if mommy's Mm. feeling anxious there is something wrong i should be feeling anxious too right where if you control yourself and you feel that this is okay, that your baby's going to be okay. This is proven. Like you can see amazing, harsh situation where the mom is super calm. The baby is scared. The mommy holds the baby, feeling absolutely convinced of what is going to happen. And the baby cools down. It's like, that's incredible. It's like, I am okay. You're going to be okay. And I
0: generally transfer that feeling to you. That's incredible. Wow. Uh, To get yourself to that position. I'm feeling the anxiety of the mom who's leaving and I'm not even leaving. Um, But just, 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 I just want to address one thing before we move on or before we carry on, it's going to be a longer one than usual, but that's fine. I think it's a super important topic. Um, At one point at the beginning, you said um, you were talking about this very thing, you know, to, to get to at peace, to being to traveling being the traveling parent but then at one point further down you said but you don't want to be perfect and you can also express your doubts so I'm assuming like can you clarify that do I express my doubts about my travel to say an older child or do I get a piece at that I think I think you were talking about different kinds of doubts not the doubt about traveling so Exactly. So it has to do about traveling, about your
1: working position, about the kind of mom you want to become, because something we all kind of get ourselves in when when deciding to become parents is we have that preconceived idea of what kind of parents we're going to be and how we're going to feel being that kind of parents Mm. and then reality hits and then you actually discover how it makes you feel and sometimes it has nothing to do with how you imagine it and it's okay too it's okay too Mm. now whether you should share it with your child or you should share it with somebody else i would say first share with somebody else make Mm. yourself clear Try to find Mm -hmm. a person that helps you. It can be a therapist, it can be a family member, it can be a friend that has that capacity to help you to ground yourself and to find peace. And Mm -hmm. once you have found that peace, then of course... You can share it with your children because that's mm. where you can share even the process, right? It's it's, it's a bit the same as what we're saying with, with, when when we are addressing big emotions, right? You say don't try to 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 use your 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 brain where you are filled with emotion because your brain is collapsed. So first, calm, cool down the emotion, and then address everything rationally. So it is about giving yourself time to find how you're feeling about that new role that you are now, you're something else mm. than a traveling mm. person, you're traveling mom. How does that mm. feel really and honestly to you? And if it mm. feels okay, work on that social guilt too, because it's social. Yeah. It's social. Yeah. If you're feeling yeah. okay, then it is going to be okay. And yeah. as long as you're aware, And if you're listening to this podcast, oh gosh, you're a person that is questioning yourself a lot and you are looking for answers and you're looking for better uh, ways of raising your child and you want to keep that connection, then just go ahead and do it. Be Mm. precise and, 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 and concise and very constant with your actions. What yeah. is gonna be your communication plan? How are you gonna communicate with your child when you're abroad? How is the routine that you're gonna create for your child? When we were saying depending on the stages, it's gonna be different. When they're younger, they're gonna need your videos much more, they're gonna need your voice much more, they're gonna need to for you to see them there, to feel your present much more. So leave your t-shirt, leave your your uh Uh, necklace right sometimes you have those uh, teething necklace that you're normally wearing leave your teething necklace with your smell there like there's so many things that you can help your child to feel your present there but then choose that reliable child care that is going to be there to create that emotional stability too and be conscious about the impact that is going to have in the life of your child. Working on that jealousy and understanding that they're not taking away your role ever. And they can't. Mm. You shouldn't be wanting that.
0: And they can't. And they can't anyway. Yeah. So it's about, it's so it's important to work on your doubts about traveling if you have them. So that it's important to be at peace about it and to work along that. But then it's it's going to be totally normal to have doubts about how parent how you're parenting Absolutely. to kind of go oh my word da, 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 da. what am I doing like am I what kind of parent am I how can you know and not to be the perfect parent I think that's the distinction I wanted to make so then uh, an older child you're traveling how do you keep the connection and the, how do you work because I I always say you know it's about even when you're under the same roof it's about the relationship not about you know, I told you so, and not about sort of controlling behavior. So how do you, how do you create, and I'm, I wanted to add this. I met a woman on the plane a couple, maybe two months ago, and she was a CEO of a company. She started, she was a single mom. She had grown up children and she said she, she had traveled a lot. Like she was always, she's traveling. And at the beginning, her mom helped her. And that was a great help. And then, I wish I'd asked her about the caregiving. I think then, uh, yes, I think I did ask her. And then she talked that. Then uh, later on, they went into kindergarten, uh, into a, a, n- a nursery. But she said that she they always felt loved. She said one of the silver linings was that they became independent because mommy wasn't around to serve them, do everything. They they were very uh, self sort of proactive with doing stuff. But that was also something that she encouraged. She said she arranged her schedule to um for them all to travel. So she would take them along if you know during her, so she would be like, okay, I'll travel during the holidays. They'll come along. They've they tagged days on. She said it was amazing. And she actually has a company where she encourages, she employs moms. And I think that was also, she created her own environment that was conducive to being a mom, which was very interesting. And so it was just interesting to talk to a mom who had traveled and who had grown up children and who had lived it and who said, yes, it's it's possible. You just need a, a good support system. They need to know that they're loved. And I arranged, I you know, I arranged my schedule and they, they came with me and we've had some amazing times together. And I thought that was fabulous to hear. And
1: that's the beauty that comes together with that very wide mind that I think we need to develop there is not only one way to be a mom there is certainly no way to be perfect and there are always possibilities to do better so coming back to a little bit what you were saying before that uh, idea of ruining our child's life right with our decision and with eventually not being at peace at the beginning with what we wanted Mm. to do and figuring things out Mm. on the go is what all of us will experience and having that mindset that it is never too late it is never too late there are ways to repair what we did wrong and i'm quoting that like you really have the opportunity to rephrase something that you didn't want to occur in a way, but it just happened to be that way. You always mm. have the opportunity to put into place something that works better. The older the, the the child gets, the more you were saying it yourself, are able to communicate with you. So that is mm. not a unidirectional communication plan and contact, contact plan is from the two sides, I get to say I'm available here and here and here, but you get to say I need you here, here, and here too, so that you can put me in your agenda too, and you can consider my needs as much. And that's how we feel loved. Mm -hmm. Human needs to feel seen, needs to feel heard, Mm -hmm. needs to feel that they are part of the the person that they share their life with and that they're not a complement of their life when yeah work is finished no you're yeah. always there i'm on a trip but i'm taking you with me whenever i can that's what you were suggesting that this mom done, does right or if uh, you have a football match and for you is essential that i'm there i am cancelling every single appointment that they put on saturdays because saturdays are for my son and i can be fully busy monday to friday but not saturdays and that's the way yeah. it is so it is about making those clear compromises with your Mm. child that will help them to feel that love to feel seen to feel supported yeah and that will make them feel that they belong to that relationship and create that attachment
0: yeah and I I remember an adult um, daughter she said to me like she never felt her dad was absent although he was away a lot she said she didn't have an absent father because if there was a big event in her life or something was happening and he was gone, he always acknowledged it. Exactly. With flowers, with a card. Somehow he was, you know, present even if he was away. And I thought that was really and, – and she's not the only one that has said that to me. So – Um, I think that's also valid for moms. So is there anything that you would like to add as we wrap up? I think we've covered a lot of ground. Is there anything you want to add? Well, I I think we have covered a lot of things that are essential. I would say
1: just kind of to wrap up like the main ideas, a lot has to do with self-care. Like you really, really have to be aware that you are that emotional anchor and walk away from that idea that you have to be perfect. (laughs) There is no such thing as perfection. The more imperfect you are to your children from a genuine and, and human uh, point of view, the closer they can feel they can get to you no matter how far you are. So I would say, take care of yourself, be true to how you're feeling, and try to make sure that when you are there for your children, you're fully there. But not only for them, Rhoda, for yourself too. Because yeah. that will help you when you're away too, to
0: have all those good yeah. memories. Yeah, yeah. And and what you said in there as well is, is the managing emotions, right? It's being able to um, regulate the emotions, accept them, express them. Um, and then when we don't drown in them do they that's a big thing I learned in the last few years is is even the biggest emotions when we actually acknowledge them it already kind of um, takes some of the bigness away so and if you need help it's okay you don't have mm. to do these alone you shouldn't
1: mm. be doing that alone it's something yeah. that is meant to be shared and if you feel different to other moms around you it's just because you are you and you shouldn't be looking like the mom next to you because you're you and accepting the mother you are able to be is what is going to help you to become closer to the mom you want to be
0: Mm. thank you so so much I think that's a perfect conclusion right there If perfect, there is. Thank you so much, Karina. (laughs) Well, thank you, Rhoda. This was a very natural conversation, as always. Uh, I always
1: say that we should record all our conversation because you always bring wisdom to the world. And I'm so glad you're doing these podcasts. Thank you so much.